It's great to be back with you this evening. <clears throat> really appreciate Kent's prayer. He prayed that uh, what I had to say would be simple and I think uh, understandable. I hope I can present it to you in a way that is just that simple and a way that you can understand it. Uh, and hopefully in a way that you'll remember something and uh, you'll be able to use it in the coming week and the next uh, few weeks of your life. Uh, maybe even say something that you might remember for the rest of your life. That'd be awesome. But we'll go over plenty of things in God's Word that we should remember the rest of our life. Many of the things uh, are going to be reminders. Uh, I don't think we're going to cover anything new. But there'll, there'll be things that, that will help us and uh, hopefully been a, be a benefit to us. What I want to talk about this evening is the light of the world. <clears throat> I don't know how many of you have ever been to Carlsbad Caverns, but I remember going there a while back. I guess it's been several years now. And one of the things that we did when we were there is we, we went deep into the caverns, and when we got you know, to a certain spot, the, the person that was guiding us turned off all the lights, and it was just absolutely pitch black. And after they did that, they, I think they lit a lighter, and it was just an itty-bitty flame, but it lit up so much of the cavern, and it made such a big impact in that darkness. And Christ says that we are the light of the world. Let's read Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 through 16. We read, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So the question I'll ask tonight is, are you living in a way that glorifies our Father in heaven? Can people see that you're living that way? And do they want to glorify our Father in heaven because of that? That's what I want to focus on. <clears throat> you know, I think it's always kind of been apparent to me, or I, I, maybe I've always kind of known this, but someone's always watching us, or someone is always noticing what you do uh, in your conduct and in the things that you do in life. That has especially become apparent to me since I've had kids. It's obvious that they're watching every single thing that you do. And just as soon as you think that they're not, you'll walk into a room and hear Tatum telling McCoy, I'm going to count to five and you better get over here. <laughs> and they're, they're just soaking in everything that they hear, everything that they see. And it's important that as parents, we emulate everything that we want them to be. We model the behavior that we want them uh, to behave with. And that's no different in any other aspect of our lives. As Christians, we are to model the behavior of Christians. We're to model that behavior and do uh, everything that we can to be Christ-like so that other people, whether that's people in the world, people in the church, everybody can see that and gain something from it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses uh, 15 through 17, For we are to God the fragrance, of, the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. 
To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death, and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, as so many, peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. I left verse 17 on, uh, went ahead and read that because we're going to come back to that. But we see, or, or we read, that when we are the light of the world, when we let our light shine, as Jesus told us to, when we're Christ-like and we emulate Christ in our lives, that makes an impact on people. That makes an impact on, on other believers and people in the church in one way. It's encouraging. It's an encouragement. And it helps them, strengthens them, builds them up. And alternatively, those that are not in the church, those who are perishing, it exposes their faults. It exposes their, uh, the lack of meaning in their life. Uh, it exposes what they don't have, which is Christ. Christ is the light that we shine. So as we look at um, some pretty simple things on how we can do that, how can we shine our light every day in everything that we do, uh, I want to look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. So I want to touch on each of these six things uh, this evening. You could build an entire sermon on, on either of the six things, but I just want to touch them briefly. Uh, hopefully you'll be able to take something and use it in the coming week. In word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. <clears throat> so the first one we read of there is in word. I think it's first for a reason. You know, God's word is the foundation for everything that we have in life. It's the foundation uh, for our beliefs. It's the foundation for truth. It's the foundation for anything that we, that we need in life. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, God's word is powerful, and it changes people's lives. You know, it's changed my life, it's changed your life. We don't need to keep that blessing to ourselves. We need to uh, live our lives now in a way that God's word can touch other people's lives and change their lives as well. You know, and to do that, we have to believe it. And we have to be all in on God, with God's word. We'll read again 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses, verse 17. For we are not, as so many, peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we believe, or we speak in the sight of God in Christ. You know, Paul, writing to, to the Corinthians you know, he said, we're not just talking this talk. We're walking this walk. We believe in this. We are sincere, and we are all in on these words and of God that we're preaching and that we're teaching. You know, and it says peddling the word of God. It, it kind of reminded me of uh, school fundraisers. And by no means, I don't want anybody to take offense to this, but school fundraisers seem like specific school fundraisers, kind of seem like it's hard for people to get really vested in it. Uh, 
I'm, I'm reminded of a school fundraiser that I had to participate in. <clears throat> when I was younger, we, would, we had to sell cookie dough. And some of you may, may have had to do this. And I remember going and asking people, hey, do you want some cookie dough? And I wasn't very excited about it. Terrible salesperson. Uh, but honestly, there wasn't much to get excited about with those cookies. You know, if it had been my granny's cookies or if it had been Jacqueline's mama's cookies or something like that, sure. You know, I would have I believed in those cookies and I would have sold them to a lot of people. And I bet you a lot of people would have wanted them. Probably would have broke the record for the school fundraiser. But no, uh, I didn't believe in what, what we were selling. And people can see right through that. You know, luckily people had pity on me. People want to help people in school fundraisers, and they'll continue to do that. But it's not something you believe in, and it doesn't have the impact that it would if you really believed in it. God's Word, while so much more important than cookies, is, is the same way. People can see right through that if you don't mean it. If you don't live your life uh, exactly like what uh, we find in Scripture, people can see through that. And people... Uh, will not be impacted by your life and by your conduct, by your word, uh, when you're not emulating Christ to the fullest. Again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by, man but by a manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. How do we commend ourselves to every man's conscience? As we read here. It's by the manifestation of the truth. And that's what we find in God's Word. And when we use what we find in God's Word, that is how we can commend ourselves, or ourselves will be commended to other men, and that people will see that light and want a part of it. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, the most, most read scripture that we uh, hear out of this pulpit, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed of in being a Christian. Uh, you know, I think that throughout history, probably, uh, Christians have, have done a great misservice for the kingdom. You know, there's so many things, if you look at the church in history, so many evil things that had happened, and because of that, in a lot of places in the world, you know, the church has a bad reputation. That bad reputation or those evil things that have happened are not at all what we find in God's Word and not at all what Christ has taught us. And it's not at all what we should portray in our lives today. I think that there have been many missed opportunities because of that. And it's up to us to shine Christ's true light. <clears throat> The second thing that we, that we look at there is in conduct. And, and conduct is uh, it's basically the way we conduct ourselves. It's our behavior. Uh, it's how we act. You know, when you, one of the, when you meet somebody, one of the first things that you notice about them is how they behave. How do they conduct themselves? Uh, how do they talk? What are they doing? Uh, so think about that. How do, when, when you meet somebody, what do they notice? Uh, what do they notice about the way you conduct yourself? Uh, what do they notice by the way that you talk to them? 
you know, so much about our conduct is in our communication. Uh, and communication isn't just words. You know, we communicate with our facial expressions. We communicate with the things that we do for people. Uh, so much of it is in our words. Uh, it's important that we choose our words wisely. James chapter 3 and verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. You know, we're to behave ourselves. Uh, we read there, it says, Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. That's how we show it. We show uh, our meekness of wisdom by our good conduct. People can see what kind of person we are by the way we conduct ourselves. We need to make sure that we use good language. Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. You know, when we're talking, our conversation the way that we talk, the things that we talk about, shows how we feel. It shows what's in our heart. As it says, the mouth speaketh out of the abundance of heart. And if the things that are coming out of our mouth are not Christ-like, we need to change what's in our heart because the things in our heart are not Christ-like. You know, if people hear us using foul language, talking about evil things, complaining, uh, anything that's not glorifying God, they're not going to see that as, as a light. They're going to look at that and think of us as hypocrites. You know, for one, if we're saying one thing on one hand and then doing the opposite in the other. We've got to make sure that the, the way we talk, the things that we talk about will glorify God. Everything that we say and everything that we do. We've got to make sure that not only would that glorify God, but make others want to glorify God. You know, if someone is looking to you as that light, as a Christian, and they hear you talking about evil things or, or using crude, uh, crude, crude language, you know, how's that going to reflect on Christ? It's definitely not going to help you bring that person to Christ. It's definitely not going to uh, make that person uh, want to find out, you know, what the positive things are in your life. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 and 30, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. You know, we were we sealed for the day of redemption as Christians. We have, we have the greatest blessing of anybody in that we have salvation through Christ. You know, are the things that are coming out of our mouth reflective of that? You know, the people in this room have the greatest blessing in the world. I want you to just think about that for a minute. There's nobody else in the world that has a greater blessing than what we have. What more do we want? 
Do the things that come out of our mouth reflect that? Do they impart grace to the people that hear the things we say? Philippians 2, verses 14 and 15, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you, sh- among hu- pardon me, among whom you shine as lights in the world. You know, the world is dark. It's very dark. And it needs light. I think that's apparent by everything we see around us. You watch the news, dark. You get on social media, darkness. The world needs light, and that's us. You know, nobody wants to to be around somebody that's complaining, somebody that's murmuring. Uh, You know, we read, do all things without complaining and disputing. That does not shine the light that we need to when people see that. People won't want to join an organization People won't want to join the church if the people in it are doing these things. The third thing that we uh, want to look at is in love. We're to shine our light before men in love. You know, I think having a, a loving and a kind attitude in general helps us shine Christ's light. You know, having love and, and compassion for others People really notice that. People notice when you have love and compassion for them. Especially when, when things are going bad in somebody's life. You know, or if someone's having a bad day. Uh, somebody's struggling. You know, the ones who show love and care for, for you in that day, those are the people that you look at and you see as someone you want to be more like. You, see, you look at those people and you're thankful for those people when it's you with the bad day. We need to make sure that we are those people. We're the people that have compassion and are wanting to love and help people. And that doesn't matter who it's for. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 17 through 19, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. He administers justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. Therefore, love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You know, this in the Old Testament says you were strangers in the land of in the land of Egypt, but we were all once lost. As Christians, we're not. We're blessed to have salvation. We need to love those who do not have it, and have compassion on them, and want them to have to have the same blessings that we have in Christ. Also, our love should be unselfish. Matthew chapter twenty-two and verse thirty-nine: The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know, I think it's safe to say here that there's nobody that doesn't love their self. And I don't mean, I don't mean that in a selfish or a, a self-righteous way, but I mean that in a way that you want what's best for yourself. You want good things for yourself. Uh, that same thing that we, that love that we have for ourselves is, is the love we should have for everybody. We should want good things for everybody else as well. We should do and, and show that love for others in the same way that, that we would want people to show that love to us. You know, the, the love and compassion that we show for others is also proof of our discipleship. It's proof that we follow, that we follow Christ. John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35, A new commandment I give to you, 
that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. How are people going to know that we're Christ's disciples if we don't have love for one another? They probably won't. We have to have love for one another so that people will know. With no partiality, unselfishly, you know, those, that kind of love is what will set us apart and help us shine our light for Christ. You know, the way that we can show our love for one another is through kindness. You know, some synonyms for kindness are generosity, helpfulness. Having these traits helps us to show the love that we have for others. You know, we might have that love, or we may think that we have that love, but if we don't show it through kindness, through generosity, helpfulness, affection, people may never know that. We're told in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Also in Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. You know, if we do these things, if we're kind to our brethren, if we're kind to other people in the world, you know, even people who would persecute us or want bad things for us or be against us, if we can show that love and that kindness even to them, we'll be shining that light for Christ. You know, those people will be probably confused when they treat, when they treat you bad and you don't do the same to them. But it might make them wonder. wonder. might make them wonder why you do that. They might want to know why you do that. And it might end up leading them to Christ or provide an opportunity for them to, to look for and find Christ. <clears throat> The fourth thing that, that we want to look at is uh, in spirit. You know, really, uh, in spirit is our overall attitude and the way that we carry ourselves. If you look up the Strong's definition, uh, it says this is our mental disposition. It's our mindset, essentially. I think we can read of a man who is setting an example in spirit in Acts chapter 3, verses 6 through 10. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging, begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You know, here we have this man. He had been lame. He had been uh, sitting here by the, the gate of the temple. Everybody knew that he was lame and that he couldn't walk. And now he's had this miracle and, and can walk. And you can imagine the joy that he was going through at the time. But notice in verses 10 and, and 9 and 10 that the people saw him walking and praising God. And they were filled with wonder and amazement. These people saw him doing that. You know, we might not ever receive the, the gift that this man did. We may not ever be uh, healed of, of, being, of not being able to walk. But as we mentioned earlier, as Christians, we have far greater blessings than that. We have salvation in Christ. 
something much more praiseworthy and noteworthy than being able to walk. Many in the world don't have this. Or, I guess, no one in the world has this unless you're part of Christ's church. I think it's important that our attitudes and our our spirit, our mental disposition reflects the blessing that we have in salvation. It reflects how blessed we are and how thankful we are to have that blessing. You know, if people see us walking and praising God such as they did this man, they'll definitely know something's different. They'll notice that we've got something and they'll want a part of it. Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 and, eight and 9, But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. This is the exact opposite of what we need in our life. We cannot have these things in our life, a worldly attitude, and be shining the light for Christ. We cannot do these things and expect to, to set a godly example for those around us or be encouraging to other believers. Rather, we should have the attitude that we see in verses 12 through 17 of the same chapter. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. You know, these verses tell us exactly the attitude and the spirit that we should have as Christians. We should be able to see these things in each of our lives. You know, if we practice these things, then the light that we shine will definitely bring glory to God. I think I have an extra verse. We'll go ahead and read it. Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. Well, that's not right. We'll just turn to it. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Well, I have these verses in here, but I don't have the book, so... We'll go ahead and read them, and they're in Scripture. We'll have to find out where exactly afterwards. <laughs> and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, so rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to, the, to God the Father through him. You know, if we're doing these things, our light is going to shine. People are going to notice it. It's going to be encouraging to other Christians, and people who are not Christians are going to notice this and wonder why. The fifth thing that we want to look at is, as we shine our light is how we do that in faith. As Christians, we should have a sincere and an unwavering faith. You know, if people are looking at us uh, as a lot, as an example, 
They shouldn't see that we have any doubts in our beliefs or our conduct or the way that we're living our lives. Our faith should be strong enough that it doesn't waver. James chapter 1 and verse 6, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. You know, if we, our faith is weak, we're not going to be as strong in God's Word. Our conduct is not going to reflect God's Word. Our spirit or our attitude, the way that we're handling uh, our mental disposition, is not going to reflect what we find in God's Word if our faith is not strong. We must believe in God's Word to strengthen all these things. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16, Above all, taking the shield of faith with, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You know, just like God's Word is part of the, the whole armor of God, so is faith. You know, having a strong faith will enable us to endure things in life. And people uh, can notice that. It helps us to endure troubles and trials when we're not able, we might not be able to get through those otherwise. You know, I think people notice how we handle things when we're faced with adversity or when we're th faced with uh, things that aren't going our way. You know, if we crumble, if we give in to uh, things in the world during those times, that's not going to shine the light of Christ. That's not going to help somebody that's in darkness. But if we keep our faith strong and we endure those tribulations, God is glorified. Let's look at the example of Peter's faith when he walked on water. Matthew chapter 14, verses 28 through 30. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. You know, as we, we read this story, it's, a, it's an amazing story. A story that we'll remember for the rest of our lives, hopefully. Uh, can you imagine what the men on the boat were thinking when they saw Peter walking on the water? Can you imagine how encouraging that must have been? How motivating that might have been to them? You know, I think about if I had been there and saw, saw him do that. Imagine how much you would want to be involved with Jesus at that point, to see him doing that. Yet, we see that Peter doubted and he started to sink. Think about what impact that had on the men. You know, do you think it disheartened them? It might have. Might have made them lose their, their trust in Peter anyway, any clout or any respect that they had gained for him, potentially. You know, I have no idea if they didn't, did or didn't, but definitely that event had an impact on the men that saw it, one way or the other. <clears throat> you know, they might not have... It might have been much more encouraging had Peter's faith not wavered in that moment. You know, and there's diff different things that we can learn from that story or from that event. But we need to make sure that our faith does not waver so that we won't lose any opportunities to set an example for Christ. I believe when our faith wavers, we lose opportunity to shine our light. We must remember also that people see our faith through the works that we do and the things that we do for them. James chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, 
and I will show you my faith by my works. By doing works, by loving others and doing things for them, we show our faith. And in turn, we glorify God in that and shine our light. The final thing we want to look at in shining our light is impurity. You know, I think there's a few things, or there's a couple of things that are immediate impacts to people as, as far as our light shining. One of those is conduct. People notice immediately how you're conducting yourself. Another of those here is purity. People notice immediately whether you're pure or not. I think it really sets Christians apart in a world whereas some of these others may not be as apparent, I guess. People can see your, your purity directly. Not partaking in sins that everybody else does is what makes Christians so different to them. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 22, Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. Don't participate in other people's sins. You know, we talk about our spirit and the attitude that we have and the love that we have for others. Impurity will keep us from doing any of those things. It will affect our attitude. It will affect the light that we shine on, shine for Christ. We're commanded to be pure. You know, I think as, as humans, uh, we notice, or I guess we have this, this tendency, we want to, to fit in or we want to uh, go with the crowd, so to say. And we notice, you know, even in this crowd, right? You'll notice if somebody is doing different from the majority of this crowd in this room. It's just, it's a tendency we have. Just like that, people in the world will notice if you're not doing what they're doing, if you're not partaking in the sins that they're partaking in, no matter what that is, that helps us shine our light for Christ. You know, people might not react to your actions right away, but they'll probably notice. They'll probably notice when you don't partake in something. And it'll interest them. Might make them ask questions. You know, if they're looking for the truth in life, seeing you not sin or not partake, and impurity might encourage them not to sin. Might encourage them to ask questions about why you don't. Might encourage them to become a part of the church and ask about Christ. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8-13, through 13, For you were once darkness, but now, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever, for whatever makes manifest is light. That word, or the, the term there, making manifest, it means make it apparent. Bring it forth. Uh, shown. Show it. You know, not only are we to, to stay away and not participate in sin, but as we read in the, in the first of the, at the first of the lesson, the light that we have that shines, shines also to those who are not saved, to those in darkness. It's death leading them to death. And that's exactly what light does. Make manifest, shows, shines on that, those impurities and, and brings them forth. 
You know, just because we're not actually committing sin or partaking in whatever's going on doesn't necessarily mean that we've done enough. You know, people should know that sin is not approved of God. You know, like Mark preached on this morning, you know, we cannot be indifferent to that sin, but we have to expose it and help them out of it. Let people know that what that is, what they're doing, is wrong. That God does not approve it, and that there's something so much better that there's Christ. Second <clears throat> Peter chapter three and verse fourteen. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be to be found by Him in peace, without spot and blameless. And also Matthew chapter seven and seventeen. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. What kind of fruit are you are you bearing today? You know, I think if we're diligent in our work to be without spot and to stay pure, then our light's going to shine. Christ will shine through us and bring forth good fruit. In conclusion, I'd like to read Titus chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. In all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. You know, I think it's safe to say that if we live our lives in a way that, that nobody can say anything evil about us, then we'll be living in a way that will shine the light for Christ and His church. We'll be shining a bright light in a dark cavern that people will be drawn to. And that's what we want as a church. We want to draw people to Christ. Because we have that love. We have that compassion and we want them to be saved. We want them to have the blessings that we have in Christ. I hope that going through some of these things, uh, maybe you've learned something that you'll be able to use in the next week. Maybe you'll see where you can improve in certain areas. You know, the, the verses that we read at the beginning of the lesson said that our, we need to let our light shine before men. Well, that's what we've talked about all night. You know, that example that we set, that light that we shine, needs to be bright. Let's let it be bright as we leave this week. That's all I have prepared this evening. If, you, uh, if you're here and, and you're not a Christian, you don't enjoy the blessings that we have in Christ, the invitation is open. Christ died for your sins, and we're well, we are ready to assist you in obeying Him in baptism for the remission of your sins. If you're ready to do that, or if you're here and, and you've, you are a Christian, but you feel that you need the prayers of the church, we'd ask either one of you to come to the front as we stand and sing.